0: Good morning, Arizona. Live here from the beautiful mountains of Sunny Slope, where it's very green this year, and uh, what a wonderful week we've had, and uh, what a even more pleasant forecast we have in the future. Okay, it's a good day to fly a kite once, and, once or twice a week. But uh, aside from a little breeze, it sure is nice out there. And if you haven't explored the southern deserts of Arizona, it's the time to do it. I mean, it's really beautiful. Lots of things blooming, and uh, you know, lots of things growing. So. If you want to plant, we are in spring. It's officially spring, and I guarantee you one thing. And I don't usually make guarantees when it comes to weather. It's not going to freeze anymore. You know, it's, it's it might be a little cool, but it's not going to freeze anyway. This is a listener participation type program. You can give us a call, and you could talk about anything you want to when it comes to growing plants, how to grow them, kill them, water them, feed them. If you've got something different you're doing at home, a new style, different kind of plant, different ways to care for things, cures for gophers, um, we would love to hear from you. Um, beautiful morning out there. Great day to explore. Great day to give us a call. And it's Palm Sunday, so I, we should probably talk about palms some more today. And uh, we are in a wonderful place. And and I you I saw something the other day said we didn't have any native palm trees here; they were introduced. But you know what? That's that's incorrect. We do have native palms. They're called California fan palms. For a while, they called it you know Washingtonia prolifera arizonica. But anyway. Now it's California, so it's okay. Those guys, the plants don't know their name, but they grew up here. And if you can go, want to go on a nice hike, Palm Canyon's really cool this time of year out by Quartzsite. But we do have a lot of beautiful palms, and that's why they were, you know, they. Palm Lane in Phoenix, and Central Avenue was lined with palms, and Glendale, and you know, the, probably the most popular tree you know, planted here you know, back in the 20s and 30s were palms the original iconic palms were over at ASU they had palm walk that was planted in 1904 unfortunately somebody changed it, but there's still palm trees there anyway, whatever your dream is for that perfect landscape, where it be palms? you know, tropical desert or otherwise or if you want to talk about fruit, we can talk about citrus and tropical fruit and all of our desert, you know, growing Low chill peaches and plums and those kind of things, too. That season is going to come up before you know it. Um, Lots of gardening things to do and uh, lots of beautiful plants here from our Sonoran Desert. Now we really get the opportunity to enjoy them at their best. They're going to be blooming ocotillos and hedgehogs. And, you know, we should have a nice bloom this year on the ironwood trees, followed by the Palo Verdes. It has been cool. I can remember years when the Palo Verdes were in bloom by now. And uh, hey, they're probably a month away still. But uh, it's nice to let the desert sleep. them go up in course and have our first group of flowers, you know, followed by a plethora of other plants that are going to bloom this year. The animals out there couldn't be any happier. You know, we're going to have more rabbits and quail than you've ever seen, you know, running around out in the desert, and I'll keep the coyotes happy. Anyway, number to call 602 277 5827. We still have a couple lines available. Uh, we have the lovely Shira here on phones and music. Give her a call. And we'll take our first caller this morning, Dorothy in Phoenix. Good morning, Dorothy. <laughs>
1: Okay, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I was given
2: um, a mum plant a couple months ago. The flowers are small, Mm -hmm. about an inch and a quarter wide. And um, the flowers are dying now, but the Mm -hmm. leaves are really good. I know they really bloom in the fall, but we go to Dewey in the summer, so we'll be going up there pretty soon. So I... Need
0: to know what I should do about it. Well, Dorothy, you have two different options, and they're quite different. You can either plant it in the ground here, and it will it will grow all summer and come back and bloom in the fall. It would ideally be growing on an eastern exposure, you know, in the in the ground. Yeah,
2: or, I'm going to be taking with me
0: up to do it. Okay, well then just cut it back right now. Cut all the flowers off. Mm-hmm. Um, you might want to repot it into a larger container than it was grown in. Uh, what, what size pot was it in, Dorothy? Uh, like 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 a 6 inch diameter or so At any rate, rate, you probably want to plot it into the equivalent of a a 10-inch diameter pot, something deeper It's going to hold more soil. Prune prune all the dead flowers off, so deadhead it completely. And then when you get there, put it on a a patio where it's going to get as much sun as possible, like a southern exposure, and it'll come right back and bloom again. And you'll have blooms on it probably uh, by June. Oh, Okay. But okay, uh, mums are wonderful plants. I can remember once when the mum society had a big show in Christown. When it was Christown, and I yeah, was just enamored with all the beautiful styles and, and forms that people prune them in, and all the different types of mums. But they're a very beautiful plant, quite hardy, and pretty pest-free. So a fun one to grow up and doy for the summer and have fun up there. And you can say hi to my aunt Mary in Humboldt while you're there. Okay. Bye <laughs> Dorothy. Okay. Take Thank care. You. Hi. Uh let's see. Next up we've got Deb and Glendale. Good morning, Deb.
2: Good morning. I have two questions. Um the first one my lemon tree, it's probably maybe 2 years old. Um and the leaves aren't as green, dark green as I want. They they're a little yellow. So I was wondering what I could do about that.
0: Have you fertilized it this spring, Deb? Yes. Okay, so probably not more fertilizer right now. Um, it's going to green up and grow. The new growth will probably come out of brighter, lighter green, but as okay. it matures, it will turn darker. But if you fertilized it already, I wouldn't again. And okay. ideally for for young citrus like that, if you want them to grow their fastest, you can fertilize them monthly. Uh-huh. And you can kind of keep that up all the way through October. And, oh, and on okay. the watering, um, was it like a 15-gallon or 5-gallon? What size was it when you planted it?
3: Um, I'd say
0: fifteen, okay, so it should be big enough right now that you keep it on a regular watering cycle about once every week to ten days, depending on how so- how your soil drains is plenty of water. Don't keep okay. it too wet, it won't be happy, right. and especially okay. now while it's cool, okay.
4: Okay, thank you.
2: Thanks. And um, I got a small peach tree from you guys about two months ago and planted it, and it's doing great. But um, I have little peaches on it, mm-hmm. and so I don't know if I need to take those off to let the tree mature and grow better rather than focus on the peaches. Or
0: Well, I would certainly leave some and enjoy them, but if you want the peaches to be better quality, if you'll space them to about six to eight inches apart on the branch, so if they're mm-hmm. clustered and they're closer than that, just space mm-hmm. them out right now, and that okay. way you'll have some peaches to enjoy and, and of better quality as well
2: oh okay great that's all i needed then thank you
0: thanks deb bye-bye uh gordon and mesa good morning gordon
5: yeah brian i uh, got a quick question on uh weed spray uh, is Roundup one of those we should not use or we can use on, uh, Bermuda grass?
0: Well, if it weren't, if, well, it, it'll kill Bermuda grass, but, um, you know, it kills pretty much everything glyphosate does. But, you know, Roundup's one of okay. those, those chemicals that, uh, if it weren't for glyphosate, the world of agriculture worldwide would be very different. So it's, it's a useful chemical, but it's a contact herbicide that kills anything you spray it on. Um, what are you trying okay. to kill some weeds in the lawn, Gordon, or?
5: Yes, and uh, I, I had some of that roundup that I, uh, decided I better to' call you before I ever used it.
0: Well, I never it, have you. It, it, It's uh, roundups you know great if you want to go kill some weeds that are growing in the rock okay. Um, but okay. It, it's a hundred percent it'll kill everything kind of herbicide. So what you would want to okay. use on lawn if you want to this time of year would be a 2,4 D product like weed be gone. So if you look on the label of the herbicides the active ingredient should be 2,4 D and you can use okay. that anytime the weather's below 85 looks like we have a lot of that weather right now. Uh, you want to be mindful not to come in contact with trees and shrubs because it's a selective herbicide, but it will kill trees and shrubs and not grasses. So, that being said, it, it's one that's good to, to kill some weeds in the lawn with, but I wouldn't get it around any plants. Okay, thank you, Brian. Thanks, Gordon. Bye bye. Uh, Anna and Sun Lakes. Good morning, Anna. Uh,
2: good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to give kudos. To uh, your Gilbert uh, location. I was there on Friday, and a gentleman named Paul uh, helped me. I picked out a Tangelo tree and navel. A uh, orange tree, a key lime tree, two of the pistachio trees what, that get uh colored reddish you know in the when they first bloom out uh, and an olive tree i'm I'm going to be landscaping a new backyard, and I knew I wanted the best of the best, so Paul was amazing, took all the time that I needed with this old woman, and so I, I kept saying to him, yeah, yeah, I, I've heard Brian say this and that and this and that, and, and he's, <laughs> just, poor guys he's just just kind of laughing at me. <laughs> Brian, I'll be 80 in two more months, but I don't feel 80, and people tell me I don't look 80, but that's okay if you take care of yourself. Well, uh, don't, you know, don't, don't but,
0: act 80 either. Horse, what what is acting 80? I mean, you know, that doesn't mean you can't dance. It, oh. Yeah. Let me
2: give you my definition of retirement, because I've been retired for 17 years now. That definition is second childhood, no supervision. <laughs> and I want you to know that I never got out of my first childhood, but I am here all alone. All of my fam- and I've got 13 great-grandchildren. Uh, all of my family are either in California, Colorado, or Oklahoma. So I truly am a retired old lady in my second childhood with no supervision. Well, and that's thank fantastic. You, thank, you, thank you.
0: And and no, nobody <laughs> need to catch you when you're out with a new dancing partner either, right?
2: Absolutely. Listen, <laughs> I'm looking for for an old man that loves to dance.
4: Anyway.
0: <laughs> well, I I had a great I had a great uncle that that danced regularly. Um Up until his nineties, and
2: uh, oh, he had so much fun,
0: you know. And uh, well,
2: you know what, my my children, grandchildren, and great grandchildren know I'm the crazy mom, (laughs) grandma, and great grandma, and crazy Brian. Crazy is what's kept me young all these years. So, thank you. I'm not not going to put your phone number
0: out on the radio. uh, (laughs)
2: No, no, no. Please don't. Please, please (laughs) I love you guys. Thank you. Have
0: a Thanks for the call.
2: Uh, Oh, I am. Thank you.
0: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, we have a couple lines available. We have the lovely Shearer here on Phones and Music. You can give her a call at 602-277- 5827-277- KTAR.
6: I woke up crying late at night when I was very young I had dreams My father had passed away and gone. My world revolved around him. I couldn't lie there anymore. So I made my way down the mirrored hall and tapped upon his door. And I said, Daddy, I'm sorry. Of the fights, it seems, were over different dreams. We each held for me. He wanted knowledge and learning. I wanted to fly out west. I said I could make it out there if I just had the fare. I got half. Will you loan me the rest? And I said, so free There's no gas
0: Little song for, uh, Grandpa Bob and uh, to Tom. Let's get back to the phones here. Betty in Sun City. Good morning, Betty.
2: Good morning, Brian. I have three bougainvilleas that were hard pruned a year ago down to about a foot. They didn't grow last summer, and this year, this spring, two of them are covered with just tiny little leaves, uh, not the normal size at all, and there's no branches coming off of the the plant.
0: Betty, have you used any weed killer or herbicide around them at all?
2: No, nothing.
0: Okay, so no ortho ground clear, nothing like that around them? No. Okay, so they're going to have to grow out of the stunted form. They they should have by now, certainly going through a summer. Uh, Do you water them? we do
2: they um in the summer they get um 2 gallons every 4 days and in the winter it's
0: once a week. Okay. Uh, once a week's fine, even for the summer. Okay, that's more than okay. enough. Let's up the amount of water we're putting on them. Let's put on, like, you know, let's go from two to, like, five gallons of water. Okay? And, okay. And do it once a week. Here in Sun City, so you have heavy clay soil, and that's fine. And then don't prune them at all. Or if you want to go through and prune out some of those thin little buds that are coming out and and open them up so that the other buds aren't competing as much and can maybe stretch more. Um, you know, okay. typically, though, a bogan via, you know, should come out of that. It wouldn't happen to be a purple one, would it? No, it's not. Okay. All right. So it should come out of it, Betty. Okay.
2: okay. Even though we went through a year with nothing. Well, light
0: right? dose of fertilizer. It's not warm enough for it to do much right now, so it doesn't have much opportunity. But once it hits ninety and then up to a hundred, it should come out fast, and uh, you know it should really grow quickly at that time. I wouldn't bother fertilizing it just yet, but once the weather gets a little warmer, or eighty-five or so, go ahead and feed it and see if you can't push it out. But if you want to thin out some of what's pruned back, uh, so it's got just a few of the buds going to push up faster. You You know, it should come out faster. It will definitely grow quicker as it can photosynthesize more by having more foliage, but it should grow back out from that point, being a bougainvillea anyway, especially what I expected it to last year. So, hey, this is a new year. It's a new farm, Betty. Good luck.
2: Okay, thanks very
0: much, Brian. Bye-bye. Brian in Paradise Valley. Good morning, Brian. Hi, Brian. Morning, sir. Good
3: morning. Yes, sir. You're live. Hey, thanks. You sound alive uh, to me anyway. Know, I hope, hopefully, you're live. You are alive, and I am too. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm trying to uh, graft some citrus trees this spring, and I listened to you last year at this time, and you said you were going to have some kind of a class or something at one of your one of your stores and i wondered if that had been planned yet
0: no it's a little early brian and especially with this cooler weather we like for them to be really actively growing and it's also easier to find good quality budwood when the trees are actively growing um you know, I, I've seen trees that could be budded right now. Um, we have some in a greenhouse that we're going to bud, but uh, finding enough good budwood would be more of a challenge. But typically, we're going to want to bud citrus trees, you know, April, May, June. So we'll do a class on okay. them in April, and that's about a month away. Let me ask you a couple quick questions. Um uh, First of all, there are orange trees
3: that I want to graft, too, and a neighbor has a really nice tangelo that we get the fruit from Mm -hmm. often. And would it be okay to to graft from that tree? I've heard about some kind of disease in California that you graft from one tree
0: to another they often end up killing the tree? No, I, that, that's not a problem at all. We have no, there's Tristasia, different t- diseases that can be problematic. But, okay. you know, going on to an orange, you can put anything onto an orange because typically a a, a good tasting orange is going to be on a sour orange rootstock or perhaps a Carrizo. So it, you should be able to graft anything you want to to an orange. Uh, and the variety you graft on, if you add, add a Tangelo, it's probably going to grow faster than the rest of the orange. So that would be an easy okay. transition, Brian.
3: So it'd be better to go with an orange tree to graft onto rather than a tangerine?
0: Well, you can, you know, tangerines, we're not sure because this could be on different rootstock. But uh, you can graft to any of them, Brian. It won't matter. The only thing that you can't do is you can't put like an orange on a lemon. Then you won't have good quality fruit. Okay, I hear you.
3: One more quick question. You know, all these yellow stink weeds that are everywhere now, oh, yeah. uh, what's the best poison for that?
0: I don't know. It's terrible. Really, right now, they're already up. They've already flowered, and they're done. You could spray them with Roundup or any kind of a contact herbicide and kill them. Uh, and, and the real prevention is next year to put down a pre-emergent. And we've had good okay. luck controlling them by using pre-emergence. But, you know, once they've germinated, they're going to run their course. And uh, and they're they're almost yes. done. It's amazing
3: how much of it is in the undeveloped or newly developed land. You know, it's just everywhere. It's
0: it's a terrible weed. I've never seen in my life anything spread as bad as it has. And it's been the subject of many a conversation, you know, between the family and with customers. And it's just one of those things. uh, It's just an issue. Well, thank you so
3: much for your help this morning. I really appreciate it. Have a good morning, Brian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Uh, next up, we got Kathy in Phoenix. But after Kathy, we have wide open phones. A number to call is 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Give Shira a call, and you could be up after Kathy on the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. Good morning, Kathy.
2: Good morning. I have a hibiscus that's about three years old and this year it looks a lot of some of the leaves maybe a third of the leaves are kind of yellow and on the other leaves i noticed the green leaves there's like white spots it just doesn't look well
0: well kathy it really loves heat which we haven't seen while we've been enjoying oh. all this nice cool weather, the hibiscus have been, you know, longing for eighty degree plus days, and, uh, oh, and we've had the minimal amount of those I can ever recall. You know, going back into November, we didn't have any eighty degree days. The end of November, December, January, February hit March and just had a few. So hibiscus aren't mm-hmm. at their happiest right now, but that's going to change. Um, you oh. could, you could fertilize it now, or you could wait till it gets a little warmer. But I think with a little fertilizer and sunshine, it'll come back and be just fine.
2: Okay, perfect. I won't worry then. Thanks a lot, Brian. Have a great
0: day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that leaves us, folks, with wide-open phones. We have the lovely Shira back here smiling. All you have to do is give her a call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTR, and you could be up next in the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. It is an absolutely beautiful morning out there, and it is Palm Sunday, so I'd be a little remiss if I didn't talk about palms. You know, palms in Arizona really are a special thing. They've always been special to me since I started as a young man with my grandparents' orange grove. And, you know, the one thing my grandfather gave us is he would let us all the this- grandkids had the palm trees that we could dig out from underneath the citrus trees, and uh, we started selling those palm trees right along the side of the fruit stand, you know, back in the 60s, and... Uh Palm trees have been fun and part of our life forever. Now we grow, you know, hundreds of acres of dates. So if you want to grow some of the best dates in the world, you can grow medjool dates and, and do a fine job with those at your house. We're in a place where our desert climate is, you know, kind of ideal for them, with the hot, dry summers, not too much humidity. Now the monsoons are not ideal for them, but on a residential basis, they don't make much difference. And so you can grow wonderful fruiting dates at your house if you like. And then we have palm trees from all other parts of the world, all different. Kinds of styles, you know. What's gotten exceedingly popular are the ones from Laos, like the like the pygmy date palms, and then the Seikos that come from Okinawa are kind of cool, you know. And that's a couple of the smaller ones. But now we have exotic crosses like the mule palm from Argentina, which is a cross between a pindo palm, which was grown here for years, and a queen palm. And somehow this hybrid is much hardier than either of its parents. But hybrid vigor, I guess that's what they call it. But uh, that combined with the hardiest of all, the, the you know Mexican blue palm. Yeah, it'll take less water and more heat and more cold than any other palm tree here in the valley. If you want a big silver thing from Madagascar, you know, we can do the, the um, yeah. I'm having a senior moment. No, we can do the uh, some other palms from Madagascar. Actually, two or three that would do pretty well. But a uh, lot, of, lot of fun palm trees to do here. And uh, it looks like it's time. We're going to just slide into the news with Troy. But we'll be right back after the news. And in the meantime, uh, we have wide open phones. The perfect time to call. The number to call, 602-277-5827. And that Bismarckia palm, that's the one from Madagascar we're thinking about. But the other one that's kind of cool too is a triangle, which has lead to come up in a triangular form. But uh, it's Palm Sunday. If you're looking at palms, come out and see us at Whitfield. In the meantime, we're going to find out from Troy Barrett what's happening here locally. And we'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Industry Garden Show. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM, KTAR.
6: Trailers for sale are in. Rooms split 50 cents. No phone, no boo. I ain't got no cigarettes, I uh, but two hours of pushing, improvising, 812, old bedroom, mama. Man of means, by no means. King of the road. Third boxcar, midnight train. Destination banger, Maine. don't pay no union dues i smoke oh i have found short but not too big around i'm a man of means by no means king of the
0: road well king of the of a fun place to be, you know. And uh, one thing for sure, happiness does come from within. Beautiful morning out there, lovely day here in Sunny Slope. And we have four lines available for you. Uh, the number to call is 602-277-5827. We have the lovely Shearer here on phones and music. Give her a call. We can talk about anything you want to grow, water, plant, fertilize, or kill. Beautiful time of year here in spring with a great forecast. And uh, gosh, it can't be this nice forever. <laughs> anyway, we'll take our next caller, Paul and Scott Scottsdale. If you'd like to be after Paul. All you got to do is call 602-277-5827. Good morning, Paul. Hey, Brian. Um, so I'm, I've been an extremely
7: long-time listener, and um, I have two questions for you today. Well, first of all, I want to say I'm really excited to see that you've morphed your your show into... Um senior citizen dating. So I'm seventy-four, <laughs> five ten, one ninety-five. Very athletic. That was
0: that was comment at the end of her
7: Wasn't she great? Oh my gosh. I thought, where where is this woman?
0: Well <laughs> she was fabulous. I, I had a friend that did a radio show in San Diego, you know, periodically and uh, and uh, said so there was a, a gal looking for a mister and uh, he got all kinds of phone calls. <laughs> So so there's hope for you, Paul, but we're not going to really do a dating show. Oh, all right. So much for that idea. But you might go for older women. I don't know, Paul.
7: I, well, I'm 74. Well, what am down, I going to do?
0: She's sounded pretty spry. <laughs> yeah, as
7: as am I. In fact, I, love be, I play a lot of pickleball. I love beating up people that are in their 50s and 60s and even 40s. Uh-huh. And they just when they find out my age, they just get furious because I look like I'm 50. But another day. <laughs> so what I'm calling about is my hibiscus, someone that had part of the answer. Um, here's the rest of the question. Um, I, I only buy everything from, from you guys on uh so, and I think your, your, your shop is just fabulous. The people there, your variety and everything. And so, uh, obviously, it's the gardener, not the plant. And this hibiscus, I put it next to a, a west-facing wall, but it was sheltered by a giant uh, cape honeysuckle. So, it didn't get a lot of harsh sun, but then it never really grew. And so, now obviously lost all the sleeves and everything. And I keep cutting back the ends because the ends are dry and I don't want to give up on it. But I've got two butterfly bushes that are waiting in pots, waiting to be put somewhere. How much longer should I go? How far back can I cut this thing?
0: Well, how, how big is this giant Cape
7: honeysuckle that's shading a hibiscus? Oh, I, I made them into hedges. Okay. So they're all all—they're almost all about 10 feet high, and they completely cover neighbor's walls on both sides.
0: Okay, and so this poor little hibiscus is shuttled in under this giant uh, cousin it, Cape honeysuckle, right? So it's all completely shaded? No, during it doesn't get any morning sun uh, at all um,
7: until uh, much later, right about summertime, mm-hmm. and then it probably gets about four to five hours of direct sunlight in the middle of the summer. And then the hibiscus—I mean, the honeysuckle takes over.
0: Okay, well, so that that does have a chance then. Um, so I would—I kind of leave it for now. I mean, the problem is we haven't had any hibiscus weather whatsoever, you know. So and there's nothing you're going to yeah. do to wake up a hibiscus when it's cold. You know, it just likes to sleep when it's cold. But as it warms up over the next few weeks, it should pop some new buds and start to come out and grow pretty fast. Should I, should I keep cutting it back? No, you should just don't don't prune it at all. Leave it unpruned. Oh, and, um, okay. And and just, then don't give it any extra water. I mean, watering once a week is more than adequate. You know, you can kill it by keeping it too wet right now because it has no foliage and it's not using any water. And, uh, as soon as you start to pop some buds and foliage come out, then you could fertilize it lightly and something's water soluble would work really well, like, you know, Miracle Grow or Peters or one of those. And, uh, and then it should grow exponentially based on the amount of you know, foliage that it has. But if it has no foliage, it's using no water. It's not going to feed itself and the weather's cold. So it's in a, you know, state of rest. I, I left out one part. I did transplant it to
7: a east-facing wall. It's by itself now. And oh, you've already uh, moved
0: as, it since the, this yeah, poor plant. Of, uh, it's, it's a, Paul, it's just not hot, okay? It's, it's got to have hot. All right, I'll leave it. I'll get a heater. <laughs> don't need a heater. You just need a little time. It's, don't worry. Right, it's going to get hot, Paul. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Wanda in Phoenix. Good morning, Wanda.
2: Hello. Um I have an irrigated lot and um I had gotten some clover that I thought was pretty and I let it go. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that it has the burrs okay. you know, the little uh-huh. stickers underneath it. So I was checking to see is it best to just come it's good, a pretty good sized patch. You know, is there um is a weed killer that I can put on it that won't hurt my grass, or should I go out and have to pull it completely. i'm just I'm worried that if i like when I mode over it that there's a lot of birds underneath Mm-hmm. I'm afraid that killing the actual plant is not gonna, you know, take care of the birds and then it's just gonna come back.
0: Well, that's exactly what's gonna happen no matter what you do. Okay. So the the one the old the advice that I received from my father whenever I had my first house, a yard with, with weeds and grass, along with Mary and Dobbs, and they both told us the same thing, is don't worry about it. You know, it's gonna get hot, the ruminant grass is gonna grow, it'll choke it out. So and that's all gonna happen, and it's gonna happen in the next month or so. But what you want to do to have it not come back next year is put a pre-emergent down in September and probably once again um, put a pre-emergent down again in January. And those two applications will probably eliminate all the problem. It'll keep it from germinating because the seed's there. And no matter what you do to the plant, that seed's already been there long enough that it's going to be prolific and spread. A lot more next year. So if you don't want it back, the best thing to do is you you can mow it and leave it or you can spray it and kill it. But at any rate, the best thing to do is to make sure you use a pre-emergent and put it down in September and January.
2: And what kind of preemergent would
1: you ex- uh, recommend for this?
0: Well, you could use one that's common like preen. Uh, something that's uh, pendimethalin is an active ingredient, works very, very well. Um, but most preemergents are going to do a nice job on oxalis, which that's the, the name of the weed. And uh, okay. th- you'll have no problem with that as long as you apply it.
2: Okay, awesome. Thank Thanks you
0: so much. Mind. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, Stephen Scottsdale. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning,
5: Brian. Hey, we're on hibiscus this morning, and I have one three feet high. It was transplanted last fall, and of all things, it has the most beautiful blooms, blossoms, but the leaves are disappearing, and I'm wondering if, uh, you know, if I wait and the warm weather will bring out the leaves or if something might be munching on them. It just seems as though they're kind of disappearing, the leaves. Steve, do you have any ground squirrels around uh i haven't seen any no
0: okay i mean usually i'll see those in areas where you kind of you know go up against a mountain range or something like that yeah Um, no we're in a in close backyard. Yeah, ground squirrels will feed on them pretty heavily, but they'll you know, also eat the blooms, too. But the blooms come out and fall off in a day or two. I wouldn't be overly concerned. You, you might go look closely and see if there's any large grasshoppers feeding on them, but the, then you oh, would have okay. leaves that would be partially eaten, not the entire leaf. Um, or if you could be f- f- you know, fortunate enough to be by a mountain range, you could have a checkawalla. Which is a big lizard that likes to eat them. And, uh, they're one of my favorite animals on earth. And, uh, I really think we're well, we so happy some, for them this you know,
5: year. Small little lizards, but, uh,
0: well, the Chukawala or Desert Iguana would be the only ones that would eat entire leaves. Oh, like no, them. okay. You know, the, yeah. the other ones wouldn't do it. Most of the other ones are carnivorous. Okay. But um, at any rate, I wouldn't be overly concerned. I think it's going to outgrow anything that's feeding on it. But if the problem right. persists, uh, you, you know, you could take a look at different things. But those are the common things that would actually feed on a hibiscus. Lots of things like to eat hibiscus. In fact, you could eat the flowers, too. They call them hamica. You can make tea out of them. And uh, mm. I like to just munch on them. I could remember one day and this is going back probably 20 years ago, there was a young lady at the counter and I was bringing her up for her stuff and there was a big hibiscus tree next to the counter and she kept eating the flowers. Said, are they really that good? And she says, well, when you grow up in Cambodia, sometimes you're kind of hungry. And he says, they are actually one of my favorites. And so, yeah, ever since that time, Steve, I've been eating hibiscus flowers myself and I think they're kind well, of tasty we're, as well. I,
5: we're, we're enjoying how they look. Now we'll try to eat them and hope some leaves will appear. Well,
0: you know what? what they can what really what? make a salad bright. You won't probably know the flavor in a salad, but they really brighten up the colors.
5: My sweetheart is listening, even as you say that. I can see that a little later today.
4: <laughs>
5: uh, 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 another quickie. So I have a, a wonderful aloe in a 10-inch pot that has just expanded and grown. It's about three feet high. So I obviously want to transplant it. Uh, can I just transplant it in the ground? And would there be any precautions with that or any uh, tips in its
0: planting? Well, is, is it a single trunk aloe or does it have multiple? Is it a spreading aloe? Uh, multiple, yeah. I think okay.
5: I think it's probably three or four, yeah.
0: Okay. So you can, you can divide it if you want to or you can transplant it okay. all as one. And, it, you know, most aloes will do pretty well here on the ground. Depending on the variety, some like morning sun, some will take full sun. But pretty much any aloe will work on the east side and most will work on the south side. You know, up close to a house. So either one of those locations are pretty safe. When you go to the west side, it depends on the variety of oval you have.
5: Okay. No, I think we're I think we'd be in a good place. Okay. All right, Steve. Thanks we're for the good. call. We'll give it a try. Thanks for all you do. Appreciate yeah. it.
0: Happy Sunday. Bye bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Tony and Scottsdale. But if you'd like to be on after Tony, all you have to do is give Shira a call. The number to call during the break, 602-277-5827. 277 KTAR. the room. out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees, all kinds, all sizes. It's Palm Sunday. We specialize in palms. We're actually Arizona's largest palm grower. If you're looking for palms any kind, any size, we deliver, plant, and guarantee. And whether you're looking for one or a hundred uh, or even more, you know we can do them for a development or one for your backyard. We've got a beautiful selection. We also have a, a great selection of color coming in for the Easter holiday. So if you're looking for a little color for Easter weekend, uh, we we'll have beautiful roses and all kinds of flowering plants and things around the nurseries as well. And it's a great time to plant trees. You know, Whitfields. We do the digging. That's kind of been our motto for a long time, and uh, we grow and plant all kinds of trees. We specialize in citrus, but we grow lots of you know traditional desert trees. Like we grow beautiful paloverdes, and we have some great ironwood trees and great mesquites, and we have all the traditional trees like ashes, elms, and pistachios and live oaks. You know, super hardy uh, desert trees. Like you know, one of one of the hardiest trees of all here are the olives, and the Swan Hill olives a great variety that doesn't have any pollen and are near, not near as much pollen anyway, so it's going to be one that uh, doesn't have the fruit, doesn't have the pollen. Lots of beautiful trees in all kinds of sizes, from 15-gallon to 72-inch box. We deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Wishville Nursery now for four generations, growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Back to the phones. We got Tony and Margaret. If you'd like to be after Margaret, all you have to do is give Shura a call at 602-277-5827,
1: 277-KTAR. Good morning, Tony. Hey, uh, Brian. Good morning. Um, A couple of questions. So uh, my, my Bermuda grass, I live over by Saguaro High School. Uh my Bermuda grass, number one, is not really coming in yet. I don't know if it's been too cold and I've got I, I did weed and feed about two weeks ago, but I got a whole bunch of that chickweed in my lawn that I I have not been able to get rid of yet. Do you have any suggestions for that?
0: Well, you know, I I probably wouldn't do a lot of any other chemical on it right now, Tony. Realistically it's gonna get warm someday. You know, here we are. It's, it's April already, and we're in the seventies. I mean, come on. We have to just hang back and enjoy it because we're Phoenicians or or at least people from the desert here, whether we're from Scottsdale or Phoenix or Cobert. But all right, so that, rate,
1: that, you know what? You're. I uh, we're absolutely loving the weather, so I, I'm I'm not going to worry about it. Then I'll just let it go and wait for it to come in. Well a little uh, short. So it'll it'll time come time out it? fine. But
0: the pre-emergent okay. we talked about earlier. You know, using a pre-emergent in yeah. the fall, and that will kid. You know, get rid of the weeds for next seasons. So So, you know, that would be something to really Uh, look at doing in September and then probably again in January.
1: All right. And then uh, and then in my backyard, and I, well, what's the lifespan? Of, of? I've got a mesquite in the backyard that seems like it's dying. And I, I've, I've been in the house for 22 years, and I know it's been there for a long time. What's the lifespan of a mesquite tree?
0: Well, they can live a lot longer than that. Um, it just depends on what happens to them, you know. The day you yank them out of the ground, their okay. life's over. So you control their lifespan more than anything else. But <laughs> do you prune it back much, Tony? Do you water it all or
1: feed it or? uh I, I feed it i feed it but i, I water it very sparingly mm-hmm. um i water it like maybe once a month uh you know uh, deep water maybe once a month something like that
0: and that's that's really That'd ideal to maintain a big mesquite so you know I, I couldn't think of a better way to take care of it right now most mesquites are pretty bare they don't have any foliage because it's been so cold and um, oh, you know, okay. if you look right. around town, you're not going to find a, a leafed out, happy mesquite because they're going. You know, even the evergreen varieties. We, you know, some of the Chileans, and we have one that's called an American that's normally real green this time of year, and it's going. Wait a minute, yeah. man! I haven't seen eighty degrees since the first week of November. <laughs> you know, and so it's just it's All just right. kind of kick back and relaxing. You know, what can I tell you? All right,
1: and then and then just one last question. Back there in that same part of my backyard, and in honor of so I'm thinking about putting a palm in back there. I'd, I'd like for something that would grow to like maybe, I don't know, 15 feet, 15, maybe 20 feet, something like that.
0: You know, a really cool, nice, medium-sized palm like that is a Mexican blue palm. And Mexican okay. blues are the hardiest of all. They'll go great with your desert landscape. And uh, they're going to be a little slower. So if you want it faster and you wanted something that size, you might use, um, oh, you could probably use like a Texas um, sable or, or something like that. But a Mexican blue would be one of my favorites. We have several in our home. And super hardy, easy to grow. and and kind of a nice silvery blue color to contrast with the green of the mesquite. And it won't grow out of control very fast. If you wanted something faster with silver, you could plant a Bismarckia. But the Mexican blue is pretty hard to beat. All right, good
1: deal. Hey, Brian, uh, th- thank you so much and have a great Sunday. You too. Thanks, Tony. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see, next we got Margaret and Sun Lakes,
0: but after Margaret, it's wide open, folks. The number to call, 602-277-5827. We have the lovely Shiri here on phones and music, and she is smiling. She's perking up a little now, but give her a call, put her to work, and you'll make her smile even more. 602-277-5827. Hi, Margaret. Hi, um, Brian. I have two
7: questions. I got a begonia in a pot. hmm uh-huh. And what do I do with it? Do keep it in the
0: pot? Yeah, they're going to be easier to maintain probably in a pot for you, Margaret. And begonias uh, will take quite a bit of sun depending on the variety this time of year. But they're going to want to be shaded, you know, for sure in the summer. So right now they can mm. be like in half sun, half shade. But later on, they're going to want to be back on a patio where they're fully shaded.
7: Oh, okay. So just don't have to transplant at all. Just leave it in the same pot. No, like you, that, you
0: could right? probably leave it in the same pot. How large a container is it in, Margaret? It
7: says 8 to 12 inch high and SP, I don't know what SP means. It's
0: 8 to 12 inch. Okay, but, the, but the pot's about 8 inches. Yeah. Uh, that's just a marketing label. Yeah, so it, it'll stay in an 8-inch pot for a long time. If you'd like to transplant it into a larger container, you can. And in the summertime, it's just going to have to be all the way back in the patio so it doesn't receive any direct sun.
7: How much water do we have to do?
0: Uh, in, in a small container, you probably have to water it like every other day right now you know, because it's in that size okay. pot. If you put it into a larger container, you could probably water it once a week and have it be happy.
1: Okay. So my have two
7: old trees, lemon and the grapefruit, but my sprinkler turned off totally. When do I turn it
0: on? Well, you know, that's a good question. But probably, Margaret, sometime, you know, in the next week or two, you know, we're going to start irrigating our citrus groves now, which we haven't irrigated since December because it's finally getting dry enough in the soil and it's getting warm enough and the trees are active enough where they're using more water. So, I you know, pretty uh, uh, soon now is the time uh, to turn on.
7: How often and
0: how long? Well, for right now, in, in, uh, see, like in Sun Lakes with the soil you have there, you'd want to water probably yeah. once every two weeks. Okay, And on oh. bigger, mature mm-hmm. trees, you want to put on about 150 gallons of water.
1: Okay? How long is that?
0: Well, I don't know how your system works. You'll have to find out that for yourself. So you can either take one of the drip heads and put it into a jar or something and see how much water it's putting out. Okay. And oh, uh okay. and that way you can calibrate it, but 100 to 150 gallons of water on a big old tree and about once every 2 weeks for now and if it gets real hot in the summertime, you'd change that to once a week if it's like over 110. Okay. okay. Thank you so much. Thank you Margaret Bye. have a nice day. Bye. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh let's see. Neil in the Santan Valley. Good morning, Neil. Good morning, Um, quick
5: question, I planted a couple of Italian cypress in February, Uh one of them is doing great, it's really dark green, the other one is struggling, they're within like 10 feet of each other or so, Um, any suggestions on kind of piercing the struggling one?
0: Well, it's, it's unusual for one to have an issue being planted this time of year. I mean, the weather's been pretty nice, and I can't think of much that would have hurt it. Um, I would, number one, make sure it didn't have an air pocket alongside of it when it was planted, and do so by turning a hose on full blast and pushing it down beside the root ball right next to the tree and watering one time from the bottom up, because for it to have a problem that quickly uh, is, is unusual. Aside from that, there's yeah, a product like called that. Super Thrive that you could throw some on, which is Vitamins and and it's really good product, and you might try some of that. But um, I I would check first and see Neil if it didn't have an air pocket beside it because it shouldn't be shocking like that, especially this time of year with this weather.
5: Okay. Okay. And um, I, I one other thing, I have a Delonix regia that's still bare. I can expect that till it warms up a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of plants that normally would be lush and in their full glory right now are asleep, and um, okay, and that's going to change. You know, someday it's it's not going to stay this nice forever. Though our forecast is more of this terribly nice weather. Oh darn it! <laughs> <laughs> hey you Neil, know, have a nice Sunday. You too. Bye. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Uh, well, it looks like we probably don't have time for another caller in before we have to take the hard break at the news. So, Alan and Sharon, you guys will be up next in the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Beautiful morning out there, folks. Hope you're enjoying the program and uh, enjoying each other's company. And remember that uh, it's important to love everyone, especially those who we disagree with, and that we can have a lot more fun. And, you know, there's hardly... Pretty tough to find somebody we don't have something in common with. And uh, it's a great way to, so we at least we're all human beings, right? Supposedly. Okay. Anyway, I hope you're enjoying the program. We'll be right back. While we're gone, we do have a couple lines available. You can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827. It's Brian and Shira here with the Woodfield Industry Garden Show, Sundays from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR.